Thank you again. Let's give them one more round of applause. One by one is amazing. We feel so blessed to have you guys. Tonight is going to be a truly magnificent night. Our guest speaker is a young man uh, named Caleb Morin who has been involved in an amazing, spirit-filled, brand-new church that meets on campus at Cal State Bakersfield. I first heard about Caleb from uh, a young man in our youth ministry, Hansen von Flew, uh, who uh, told me about Caleb and the amazing work that they are doing at Cal State some of you guys got to hear the story uh, at Caleb's breakout session this morning. If you didn't get a chance to hear that and to meet Caleb, you guys are in for an amazing treat tonight. So let's all put our hands together for Caleb Morin. Thank you so much, guys. Man, it is so good to be here with all of you. And I got to say, I think I got the best view in the house right here. I'm saying you guys are looking good this evening. Yeah? Yeah, feel it? All right, okay, well, you don't get too prideful now. All right, no. <laughs> All right, so check it out, guys. So I have a church at Cal State University, Bakersfield. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit about that just so you guys know who I am and kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, but I want to introduce you a little bit into a little bit of our church culture, you know? Because the way we do church at CSUB, it's a little bit different, okay? So that means when I'm preaching to you guys tonight and we're having church tonight, that means you guys are gonna have to do some things that are a little bit different. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, so first one, that is the first thing we do at Cal State University Bakersfield. Anytime I say, can I get an amen, that means I am expecting you guys to, with everything inside of your heart and all of your soul, just be like, amen. That's a good word. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, oh, man. Oh. Dude, this is going to be kind of easy, man, if you guys keep that up. All right. So next thing, next thing. That's first, that's can I get an amen. Another thing is throughout this message, every now and then, I might shout out, can I get a witness in here? <laughs> so when I, when I say that, there is no specific response that you're supposed to say, but I just need you just to start going crazy, right? Like, I witness, I have seen that, that God is good. Can I get a witness in here? <laughs> all right, all right, we're loosening it up a little bit, okay. All right, if I drop that one in the service, I want someone like to jump on their chair, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, no, not now though, not now, okay? I'm saying only if I say something really, really good, okay? <laughs> All right, and this is the last thing that we do at my church at CSUB that I want to share with you guys tonight. And this one is actually a little bit more serious, okay? So, okay, so let's put on our serious faces for a little bit. Uh, so what we do at CSUB is... I personally, when I preach, I love the engagement, you know? I love to be with you guys. Like, God right now, God is inside this room right now. And it's not about any single one of us, but it's about us all here together. You know, that the Bible says, anytime there are two or three gathered in my name, I will be with them. And so right now, just God is with us right now. So what I like to do when I preach, this is going to take some get, you know, getting used to on your guys' part, but I like to engage with everyone by if somebody... When I say something, and then you guys are thinking like, man, that is for me. I know that is for my life. I just feel the Holy Spirit on that. That is speaking with me. I want you to stand up. 
So that's what we do at my church. If I say something and somebody says, you're speaking to me, they stand up, and then what I say is, I bless you in Jesus' name, and then you just sit back down. And the reason for that is, is because if God is moving in this room, I don't ever want a message about the Bible and about God to be only about me. But I want it to be about all of us all together. And so if the Holy Spirit is doing something in this room, who would I be to ignore what God is doing? You know, because that's the agenda for tonight, just to do what the Father is doing. And so if you feel God doing something in your heart whenever I say something, I want you to stand up. I'll say, I bless you in Jesus' name, and you sit back down. All right, at my church, it's a little bit easier because people are used to that. You know, they'll be up and down throughout the message. For you guys, I know that might be a little different. So I want a brave volunteer to practice right now, okay? I want a brave volunteer. Okay, whoa, man, that man is already standing up. Round of applause for our mans right here. Whose man's is that, by the way? Now, JK. All right, so check it. This is what we're going to do, all right? I'm going to say something good. I want you to pretend like, oh, man, that was like, you, you spoke to me, all right? We're going to practice it right now. All right, is everyone ready? Does everyone see this example, okay? I'm going to say something. God is good. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> all right, give them a round of applause. <laughs> That easy, that easy. So yeah, like I said, that one, it takes some getting used to, but if I say something and you guys are like, that's just for me, just stand up real quick, I'll bless you, I'll bless what God is doing in this room, and you can sit back down and I'll keep going. Can I get an amen? Amen! Alright, alright, we're figuring it out. So, I'm super happy to be with you guys. I want to let you guys know that I really feel God's love in this place. That I really feel like for you guys, God wanted me to tell you guys that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I, I know in the previous two messages, you guys heard uh, the story of the prodigal son. And we're going to be continuing that tonight. But in the, in the previous messages, you heard the story of the son who needed the salvation. You know, the son who was the prodigal, the son who ran away and then came back and the father just lavished his love about him. And that's amazing because I, I absolutely love that part of the story of the actual prodigal son because it demonstrates to us the gospel of salvation. Can somebody say salvation? salvation. It's the gospel of salvation. That God died on the cross so that no matter what, no matter what we have in our life, we can just come to him and we can go to the father and we can be saved. But there's another part to the prodigal son story that I want to share tonight, and that's the perspective of the older son. Because really when it comes to the gospel, the gospel is something that is far more powerful than just simply a message of salvation. But what the gospel is, in truth, is that the gospel is a message of transformation. That the gospel, I think a lot of people sometimes when they think of the gospel, they think that the gospel is just like a bus ticket, you know? Where it's like, Jesus died on the cross only so that I can get where I need to go type thing. You know, that's like, I just, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, so I know I'm going to get to heaven, so I'm kind of like cool with that, and I'll just leave it at that, and I'll just live my life happy and regular, and like, sure, I'll kind of go to church. But the gospel is something that is just so much more powerful than that. You know, the theme, of, the theme of this weekend is this changes everything. That the gospel literally changes everything. That 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. So the gospel is something that is far greater than just simply a bus ticket. But what the gospel is, is a new life altogether. 
It is a new life altogether. That Jesus, you know, how many of you know that if Jesus died on the cross and stayed dead, we still would have made it to heaven. That that would have been enough for our salvation. That Jesus lived a perfect and flawless life. And that when he died on the cross, he lived a sinless life and he broke his body and he spilled his blood and he died on the cross. And that sacrifice right there is enough for us to receive salvation and to get into heaven. And the story could have ended there and we could have been fine. But how many of you know that the story didn't end there? But after three days, Jesus, instead of staying staying dead, he rose from the grave and he was resurrected just so that you not only will have received salvation, but you'll receive a new identity, a new life, a new love, a new power. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we're going to go back to the story of the prodigal son, because what you've heard right now, you've heard the, the story in the perspective of the son who went away and he was with the pigs and then he came back and he just said, I just at least want to be your servant father. And the father threw a feast for him. But today we're going to look deeper into the other perspective. I, I just thank Jesus so much that he just graced upon us multiple perspectives of the story. And we're going to be talking specifically about the older son in this story. So how many of you have your Bibles tonight? Yeah, you got it? Let, let me see them. Let me see them if you got them. If it's on your phone, hold up your phone. Yeah, now, okay, if you have your Bibles, give it a good shake for me. It's like, yeah. Oh, man, that's the word of God. That's good. It's like heavy, right? Like you could just like... <laughs> That's good. All right, so if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 15, verses 25 through 32. So we're going to be going through the prodigal of um, the story of the prodigal son again, but we're only going to be specifically going into the latter half. It is Luke 15. We're going to start at 25. What was that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Luke 15, and then we're going 25 through the, just the end of that section, which is through 32. Here's that 27. Go, go ahead and start it at... 25, right there. Yeah, amazing job. Round of applause. Really good. 
Yeah, exactly. So that, so that right there, that was the story in the perspective of the older son. That he was there living with the father this entire time. He was always with his father. And then he just witnessed his son who just, he went and ruined his inheritance. When, you know, when, the, when, his, little, when his little brother, you know, he was probably just growing up with his little brother. And then when he saw his little brother leave, he probably felt just so much hate towards him. I imagine. I imagine just feeling like, I just cannot believe you're doing this. You're disgracing our name. And then he comes back, and then his father, and he's, he's thinking to himself, my little brother is finally going to get what he deserves. But then his father goes and throws him a giant feast. And so then he becomes angry with his father and goes and approaches him. And so when I look at this story, I see Jesus telling us that there's typically two types of people uh, that interact with the father. And the first type of person is the person who's lost but then is found. And that's the prodigal son, that he was lost and then he was found. But then Jesus gives us this second perspective that I really believe that a lot of us tonight are going to be able to relate with. And that's the person who was always with the father, that he wasn't lost and he was found, but he was kind of like the way I imagine it, just to take away the metaphor and look at it in practical ways. I feel like the older son was the one who was always raised in church, you know, where he was like, he was the one who was always just committed to God and he was consistent and he wasn't going out and doing the things that, you know, that are like, he wasn't going out partying and he wasn't going and being crazy, but he was just really working hard and just staying straightforward. And that he was like, I was raised in church. I grew up in church. I'm staying here. I was always with the father. I believe that that's the perspective that God gives us the lens through today. And so I want to really focus in on that. I just want us to kind of stand in the shoes of the older son tonight. And I want to kind of talk about some misconceptions that the older son had in the story that Jesus is highlighting to us. The first thing I want to talk about is that the older son thought that the father's gifts should be earned. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Do I have a volunteer to read that one too? Does anyone want to read that one? Where? Okay, my man's. Yeah, Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Amen. Man, round of applause, guys. Come on. That's good. That's good. Scripture is good, man. <laughs> you guys can feel the meat on that, you know? So the older brother, <laughs> when, when, uh, his, when his little brother came back and that he saw that his father gave him a feast, he, what he did was he called his father outside and he says, why are you doing that? He was like, don't you know that I've been here my entire life and I've been working and I've been serving you and I've been obedient and I never messed up and you've never once given me anything? From his perspective, he was kind of looking at his father and he was like, how could you give your love and give your name and just give all of this, just all of yourself to this person who is so unworthy when I've been working for my entire life and you haven't given me anything of that? So the older son was caught up in the idea that he could earn his father's love. 
And he was, he was just caught up in the idea that he can work towards and that he can get his father's approval if he just worked hard enough, if he served hard enough, if he was just maybe obedient enough, then one day his father could start giving him gifts. And that's why when he saw his little brother was just given so much grace and so much love, he was just filled with anger and jealousy. But I want to be able to discuss that misconception right there because I want to let you know that you can never earn God's love. That every single one of you in here, I feel like, I feel like in our Christian walks sometimes, we kind of get in the, we accidentally get into this, per, in the perspective of the older son because we start working in our relationship with God to try to earn his love for us. You feel me? That like sometimes I feel like in my walk that in the past that what I've done sometimes is I'm going to church on Sunday and I kind of just like start reading my Bible and I'm like, I'm only going to do this, God, because like I believe that like you're going to love me more if I do this. That you kind of get that unhealthy motivation that like I'm going to share the gospel right now, God, just because I feel like I'm earning your approval to do this. And that is a very dangerous misconception to get caught up into that God warns us about. And I just want to let you know right now that there is nothing that you can do ever to earn God's love because God just loves you for who you are. No matter what, he's going to continue to love you the way he does right now. That Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God loves you right now just exactly for who you are, for exactly who he created you to be. And he just, <laughs> and there's nothing there is just nothing that you can ever do to make him love you any more or to make him love you any less just because he loves you for who you are. When I, when I think about it, I kind of think about it like, you know, I don't know, have you guys ever held a newborn baby before? Right here, let me see your hands if you've ever held a newborn baby. Yeah, well, if you, if you haven't, I recommend it. It's a beautiful experience. But, you know, just, you know, sometimes, like, you see your parents or you see someone hold their child in their arms and it's a baby. And they're just like, man, I love you. You know, and it's just a dumb baby. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, the baby hasn't, no, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't have anything against babies. But I'm just saying, like, the baby hasn't done anything yet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the baby hasn't gotten a gold medal in lacrosse. I don't, I don't know if they have that for an Olympic sport. But, you know, when you hold a baby, the parent isn't like, they don't hold their child and they think to themselves, man, I love you so much because I'm so excited for all the work that you're going to do one day. <laughs> you know, if, so, if some parent does that, I don't know, you know, hopefully none of your parents said that when they held you, but, you know, no one, no one actually does that. You know, when you, when you hold a newborn child, you're just like, I just love you so much, and it's for no reason at all, but it's just because you are who you are. And that's how God looks at us, that he doesn't love us because of our potential. God doesn't love you for your potential, and he doesn't love you because if he thinks you can make a great impact, but he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you, and there's nothing you can ever do to change that. So never get caught up in the idea that you have to earn God's love, and that you have to earn God's gift, and you have to earn God's calling and his anointing, and to unlock these next levels in your life, because very, very simply, there is nothing you can do to earn his love, and he is just there for you no matter what. Can I get an amen? Amen. The second uh, misconception that the older son had that I want to get into was that the older son forgot his identity as a son. 
that he for a moment forgot that he was the son of the father and he became a slave. So the second thing I want to talk about was that the older son was a slave. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. I'm going to go ahead and read this one because I just, I love this one so much. I mean, Romans 8 is like my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Um, so Romans 8, verses 14 through 16. I'm saying, guys, if you, if you have free time tonight, read Romans 6, 7, and 8 back to back. That is like... I think that might be like my most favorite stretch of scripture, like in the entire Bible. I mean, all of it's good, of course, but yeah, you feel me, you feel me, get into that. So starting on verse 14, it says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Mmm, man. All right, so I want everyone to close their eyes right now, okay? Close your eyes, and I want you just to tune in your heart to God right now. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit inside of you is currently crying right now, Abba, Father. That right now, inside of your heart, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, bearing witness that you're a son. So just right now, I just want for like 10 seconds right now, just for us just to stay quiet, connect our hearts to God, and tell me if you can just hear that Abba Father cry. Just feel your spirit just bearing witness that I am a son. Yeah, I feel that, man, I feel that. How many of you guys feel that? Just like your spirit crying out. Let me see your hands. That like, there's like an Abba Christ, like just, ah, oh, Father, I'm yours, you know? <laughs> so there's, there's a dilemma in the Christian walk that many of us have that I want to talk about today. And that's, the Bible says right here that we're a son. But a lot of us sometimes, we slip back into the identity of we're a slave that I need to be obedient, that I need to work. Because the older son in the prodigal son story, he was saying stuff like, you know, like, you know, I was a good servant to you, that I never disobeyed you. Like he was talking about as if like that, like his father was his master and that he was just laboring for him his entire life. But, he's, but he fell into the trap of, he fell into the trap of works. He fell into the trap of identity as a slave instead of the identity as a son. And I feel like us in our Christian walks, it's very easy for us to know that like we're a son, but then also like slip back into like, ah, you know, I'm just like really laboring for this. And I, I've, I've talked to so many friends that, I mean, they've just like come to me and they're like, I know I'm supposed to be a son. I know this is my identity, but I just can't stop from doing this. I'm still a slave to this sin, or I'm just still a slave to trying to earn approval, or I'm just still a slave to not being content with my current status in life, but I know I'm supposed to be a son. And so I just want to share a story. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. And so I just want to share a story um, real quick just to, just to counteract this dilemma, right, that we all experienced before. Because I know I've experienced this. And I know that you guys also have experienced this before. So I was walking with my friend one day, and uh, as we were walking, we were going through a construction site, right? And so we were, like, stepping through it. We were just chatting. We weren't paying attention. And then my friend, he steps on a board with a nail in it, and it, you know, we're, just, we're just going, and then he just goes, I'm a nail! 
All right, that's not true, okay? He did. <laughs> I, I wasn't walking with a friend, and he didn't step on a nail, and then he didn't go, I'm a nail! <laughs> but what I want to demonstrate to you guys is that just because you step on something, and you just, and that's like an ouch, and you feel that pain, that doesn't mean that's your identity. That sometimes you can kind of slip back into a pain and you can feel that like sharp, like, ouch, I accidentally stepped back into this. But that does not mean you're crying out, I'm still a slave. Your identity isn't dictated by what you do, but your identity is dictated by whose you are. And so the older son, he was slipping back into that, into that spirit of slavery, right, that a lot of us do. But I want to let you know that if you ever step on that nail, if you ever start slipping back into, I'm trying to earn this approval, if, you're trying to slip, if you start slipping back into, I'm starting to become a slave, I want to let you know to pull that nail out of your foot because that is not your identity. Because regardless of that, your identity is still a son and a daughter of God. That that is your unshakable, unchangeable, transforming identity. And there's nothing that could ever happen to us that could ever change that. Now this is the last thing that I want to share tonight about uh, that, that perspective of the older son. Because I, like, I feel like for me when I read this story that I really related with the older son in this. There's sometimes that, because for me personally, my testimony, I was raised in the church, you know. Uh, I, have a, I have a lot of friends that they have these crazy testimonies of like, God delivered me from drug addiction. You know, I was in a gang, you know, I was like the youngest member of this gang, and then God saved me from that, and now I'm sharing the gospel. But for me, I kind of like always felt to myself like, man, I don't have that crazy testimony, you know, that like my, like my perspective is a little bit different, that, you know, like I was kind of always raised in church, but I, I really want to share with you guys that just the most amazing thing to this story that Jesus was telling is that we usually look at it as Jesus was saying that God reaches out to the lost. But there's this entire second part of it that I think a lot of us often ignore. And what it is, is God saying, not only do I reach out to the lost, but I'm currently reaching out to the people who are still with me. Because I, what, I want to under, what I want you guys to understand about this story is that when the older son pulled out his father, when the older son started yelling at his father, his father reached out to him. So if you remember, there was a party happening inside the house, and you know, he was hearing the dancing, and he was hearing the commotion, and he asked his servant, he said, what's going on right now? And he said, don't, don't you know your little brother returned and we're having this feast? And he said, go get my father right now. And so his father came, he, he was in the party, and his father came outside and opened up the doors, and he was like, my older son, I am so happy you're here. And then he tried to you know, welcome him with open arms. And then the older son said, no. Don't you know? But the older son, he looked at his father. He looked at his father and he said, how dare you? He said, how dare you? I've been here my entire life. I've been working. I've been earning my inheritance. And then he just went and squandered it all away. And you're going to throw this party for him? And you didn't ever even think of me? Not a single time? How dare you? And during that time, he made a scene. 
And I imagine that the doors were open and the servants heard the older son yelling at his father and just making a spectacle and just totally disgracing him in that moment. And I, I could just imagine people in the party that the dancing just kind of stops for a moment because they just feel the anger from the older son outside of the house. But what I want to share with you today is that the father, when, the, when his older son went, just yelled at him and disgraced him, and he just told him, how dare you? I cannot believe you. I am not going to set foot in this household. The first word out of the father's mouth was son. The first word out of the father's mouth was son. He, he looked him into his eyes, and then even though he was standing there just in his self, the oldest son, he was just self-righteous, and he was prideful, and he was trying to base his stance on works, and he was angry, and he had hate just flowing out of him. His father looked right back at him, walked up to him, and he said, son, don't you know that I am with you, and that everything that I have is yours? And that everything that I have is yours. God's end game for your life isn't to make you successful. God's end game for your life isn't to give you all these blessings and a fattened cow and a party for you to throw. But his end game for your life is to have a relationship with you and to create a family with you. And in that moment, that's what the father told his older son. That even though you're, I see that you're angry and that you wanted these things and that you wanted my approval and that you wanted these gifts and you were trying so hard to earn it, I want to let you know that you're still my son and that you are my family. And I love you no matter what. And everything that I have is yours. And he just said, I see that your identity is right now a slave, but no, no longer. Because truly, your identity is my son. So I want you guys to close your eyes right now. And I just know as I was praying for, I was praying for tonight, I just really felt like there was some of you tonight that you guys can relate with the story of the older son in this parable. That in your life that you feel like you've been working and that you've been striving and that you've been trying to earn God's love and you've been backsliding and that you just kind of feel like, God, do you even love me? Is this even my identity? I just really, really, really felt that God tonight, he just wanted to release this word that there is nothing you can do to earn my love because you are my son, you are my daughter no matter what. And so I just want you to think right now in your life, just try to relate with the older son right now. Just think what, in what areas of my life, in what areas of my life have I been slipping back into that identity of slave and that identity of works? And right now, just with all eyes closed across this room, I just want you to let me know by raising your hand if you can relate with the older son in this story and just say, yeah, right now, that's, that's what I feel. I feel like I'm trying to earn God's love. I feel like I'm working for this. All eyes closed. You get to put your hands down. You guys can go ahead and open your eyes. Right now, I'm going to say this to the people that just rose your hands, that when I was praying, that I really felt like, I really felt like God said there's going to be people in this room tonight that they don't, <laughs> that they don't truly know their identity yet. But I'm here to tell you, to every single one of you who rose your hands, 
that God loves you, that God loves you, that God loves you. He loves you no matter what. And your call is not dependent on how much you work. And his gifts for you is not dependent on how hard you labor. But what he wants for you is just for you to know that he loves you no matter what. And he's going to be your father no matter what. And you're going to be his son. And you're going to be his daughter no matter what happens for the rest of time. And that's just because he loves you because he made you for who you are. That's what I really, that's just what I really felt for tonight. I just really felt like that the older son is kind of neglected, but not anymore. Not anymore. The story of us who we've been raised in the church and that we've always known God, but we've just been working. That neglect is going to stop right now in Jesus' name because God is telling you right now that you are his son and you are his daughter. Yeah, I really feel that. Yeah, so is it cool if I pray over you guys? Yeah? All right, so yeah, let's all pray together right now. So Jesus, I just thank you so much for how much you love everyone in this room, God. That you just love us, you love us, you love us, you love us. That there is nothing that can separate us from your love, God. That death cannot separate us. That angels cannot separate us. That life cannot separate us. That distance cannot separate us. There is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from your love, God. And I just pray right now, a special a prayer right now, just over everyone in this room who raised their hand and said, I can relate with that story of the older son, that right now I feel, I feel sometimes anger at God, that why are you blessing these people when I've been working all my life right now? And I just, everyone who just raised their hand I, right now, I just pray a special release of love over their life right now in Jesus' name. A release of love over your life right now in Jesus' name. A release of love right now in Jesus' name. And just an adoption of son, an adoption of daughter. And I just pray right now just a breakthrough over everyone who related with that. That they can feel the Holy Spirit inside of them saying, Abba, Father. That they could just feel that, man, this gospel was not just for salvation, but I feel transformed by it. That I have a new life. That I'm a new creation. And God is saying over you right now, that I am always with you, and everything that I have is yours. So thank you for that promise, God. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys.